wonderful job this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Last week, me and my wife celebrated our 35th anniversary. And yeah, thank the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, bless my. <laughs> I got to preach over that. Brother Wayne says she's a trooper. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I have been blessed. She's a wonderful wife. She's a credible mother, and her fingerprints are all over this church, and I am a tremendously blessed, uh, blessed man. I love her, with all of my, love her with all of my heart, and I just uh, know God still has great things planned for, for her life. Amen. I love you, honey. Praise the Lord. God is a good God, isn't he? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Uh, this morning, I want to be, I'm going to maybe be a little bit more, just maybe a little more teaching, maybe even a little more reedy from my notes, because I've got something this morning that, that I feel like the Lord really wants to implant into your heart and your life. Uh, we uh, talked about last, uh, just, well, let, let me back up just a little bit, it was just some, a few incidents that's happened over through the years in my life. Um, and then talking to some other, a lot of people in the church and just hearing some other people's stories. Um, fear and, and doubt and um, things in our life come in to crowd out what God really wants to do. And um, I want to focus in, uh, last week I focused in on worry and, and um, anxiety uh, but this morning, I want to focus in on. I want to focus in on fear. Uh, if you got your Bibles, let's turn to Song of Solomon, chapter three, verse six through nine. And it said, "Behold, is behold, it's Solomon's couch or his bed, with sixty men around it of Israel. They all hold swords, being expert in war." Every man has his sword on his thigh because of fear in the night. Wow, in the book of Solomon. The book of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. And they all hold their swords being expert in war. Every man has his sword on his thigh because of the fear in the night. It wasn't strange for a king, a majesty, to have soldiers that watched over his kingdom, much less to watch over and protect him as a king at nighttime. It wasn't anything that was strange for some soldiers to be protecting him and watching over him for what he owned, for the decisions he had to make for the kingdom. But the Bible makes it very plain that there were 60 men, and the Bible says being expert in war, 
And the word, the Bible says that there was a sword on their thigh, meaning every one of them was armed and dangerous to protect King Solomon while he slept. But the Bible said it was because of fear in the night. And the reason that Solomon had these experts of soldiers protecting him and watching over him, it was because of torment that the demonic powers of hell was bringing upon Solomon's mind. How many of you know that fear is a demonic spirit? All through the New Testament, we find three, and there's many more, but through the New, New, through the New Testament, these three demonic spirits come to play in the lives of even the disciples, and I believe they try to come and play in your life and my life. And these three demonic spirits, and if you don't believe in demonic spirits, the Bible says they come to steal, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he don't care how he does it, just so he does it. There's these three demonic spirits. The first one is called a tormenting spirit. And this was the spirit of fear that tried to block King Solomon's mind and continually tormented him day and night. A tormenting spirit tries to block you. It tries to stop you every way you turn. It comes against everything you try to accomplish for God. Always wanting to bring setback in your life. He doesn't want you to move forward to, or to advance forward. This spirit torments Christians. The evil one loves to bring oppression, depression, vexing you, tormenting you, lying to you, tormenting you with fear, tormenting you day and night for an all-out attack of fear on your mind. Now, if I would ask for a show of hands, how many of you it has had that demonic power of fear to torment you. Wow. The second one is an unclean spirit. This spirit comes through addictions, drugs, polluted and impure thoughts, pornography, and perversion. The tormenting spirit comes to torment the mind, to destroy the mind with fear, worry, and anxiety. But these unclean spirits come to bind people, lock people up in a spiritual sense, enslaving people, again, to drugs, to pornography, to bind them up in any way that he can bind them up. So we have the tormenting spirit, we have the unclean spirit, and the third one is the evil spirit. This one has a spirit of control. They have this driving spirit about them to do evil. Have you ever um, heard on the news or that, that a man got locked up and they interviewed that man years down the road in the prison and they asked him, why did you do this? He said, because something drove me to do it. It was the demonic power of that evil spirit driving them to do what they did. How many of you remember the story uh, in, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament about Jezebel? 
It didn't turn out too good for her. But that was an unclean, dry, unclean spirit driving her to do what she did. But I want to announce before I go any further today that there is a man called Jesus. Let me remind you that he has all power over darkness. He has all power over all unclean spirits. He has all power over all tormenting spirits of fear. And I want to tell you this morning, but it had not been for the blood. He has the power over every spirit, Brother Jerry, that would come to torment you day and night. I know a man called Jesus over 2,000 years ago. They placed him in a tomb, but on three days he rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave. So we have victory over these unclean spirits. But what I want to focus on as I was studying and looking at this, I had no idea, Sister Colleen, that bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment opened the door to fear. I had no idea until I looked at this passage of Scripture in John chapter 4. Bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, if not dealt with, is like a magnet drawing the spirit of fear in your life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, verse 21 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one, and can everybody say amen? How many know that fear will punish you? Fear has no limit of what road it takes you down. Fear will torment your mind to no end. People are in mental institutions because fear drove them there. That demonic power drove them there. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17 verse 20 says there is no fear in love but but perfect fear listen but perfect love excuse me drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love the love we love because he first loved us whoever claims to love god yet hates his brother or sister is a liar for whoever does not love his brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love god whom they have not seen and he has given us this commandment anyone who loves god must also love his brother and sister which reminds me of the story in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 a lot of you guys that, that study the word of god know this know this uh, know this passage of scripture the parable of the unforgetting debtor this debtor owns, and as you study it, he owned millions of dollars. And he come in, and, and, and the gentleman that he owned this to, he didn't have the millions of dollars to pay it. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, he didn't have the money to pay it. So he went to him and he said, will you give me some time to pay this money back? And the gentleman he owned it to said, Sir, I will release you of your debt. Wow. The same man that got released from his debt goes out, the scriptures tell us, and there is someone that owes him a couple thousand dollars. 
And the scripture, read your Bible, the scripture goes to say, he goes and grabs a hold of the man and grabs him around his neck, the scripture says, and binds him, calls officials in, and they put him in jail until he can pay his debt. See, bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, God has made it plain that he has forgiven you and loves you. And he expects you to forgive and love others. Jesus said, you want fear out? You want a sound mind? Then you got to make sure that you have forgiven and you have let bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment go. This is what I want to show you this morning, that God, I'm not just preaching you something that the Lord hasn't dealt with my heart on. How many have had people to to do you wrong? Everybody, come on. To do do you wrong. I mean, mean, they they just have done you wrong. I mean, how many of you have had Christian brothers and sisters to do you wrong? We all have, haven't we? Every one of us have to do us wrong. And so the Lord dealt with me. This week, as I was studying this, uh, studying this sermon, and I'm thinking, as I'm putting this sermon together, I'm thinking, Lord, I hope this sermon goes over good, because I'm sure there's some people at that church that need it. Kind of how I was approaching this Sunday sermon, okay? They, they're going to need this this week, because people deal with unforgiveness and resentment, and, and uh, I had no idea that it was connected to fear, and I do want to make a clause here. Not all the time that you may be dealing with fear has to do with that you haven't forgiven someone. But this is one open door. So I'm just talking about the one open door today. And so I was saying to myself as I was putting this this sermon together that I I don't think I really need this, but I'll put it together because they need it, and I'll do my best to get it across to them. Lord, anoint me to do it. And as I was, God flashed something before me. And when he flashed something before me, he he flashed this cake before me. What's that cake that you make that Josh likes? That big double de- huh? what is it? A, a chocolate Swiss cake. Swiss case. And the, the cake is about this. Not, 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 stay with me. Stay tuned in with me. The cake is about that big. All right. It's got like one, two, three, four layers, and it's got all of this beautiful white uh, uh, icing on top of it. Okay. And so the Lord spoke to my heart. Now listen, lean, lean in. Stay with me. The Lord spoke to my heart. And said, Kevin, the first two or three layers is hatred and resentment and bitterness to the core. That there's people that hate and resent and have so much bitterness that they're willing to kill people over it. People in prison today because resentment and bitterness got so deep in them. And then the Lord showed me there's this other layer of cake here with, with, uh, with um, resentment and bitterness. Uh, and then people that carry around an unforgiveness is kind of like a couple layers up in that cake. You know, they have bitterness and they have resentment and they have unforgiveness. But they're not out to kill somebody. But they're carrying that around with them. That's their little baby. They carry that resentment and that bitterness and that, that hatred around with them. But they still function. They still function. They still go about, but they in their life they have that. I mean, I, I talked to a gentleman just the other day, and uh, I said, how is your brother doing? And he said, I haven't spoke to my brother in four years. 
And and I'm saying, I'm I'm thinking, I'm wondering, what in the world, what in the world's going, what in the world's going on? He said, well, just a couple weeks ago, he said, um, uh, we had a meeting with my couple brothers and couple sisters, and he said, I uh, I suggested and I asked my lawyer to come and sit down and talk with us. He said, I wanted a lawyer there with me when I talked to my brother. And I thought, what kind of resentment and hatred and bitterness do you have in your heart that you two brothers can't sit down and work something out? That you have to have a lawyer there with you. There's a lot of bitterness and resentment and hatred in somebody's heart. But here was the third thing the Lord showed me. That icing on top of that cake is also represents bitterness, unforgiveness, and hatred. But it doesn't go down to the core. It's something that you just kind of carry around with you because it makes you feel good in your emotions that because if you carry it around it makes you kind of think that you still have control over whoever hurt you now I'm preaching now that it'll make you feel better because you carry that resentment that hatred and that bitterness around but it, it, it's, like, it's like that little icing on the cake. It's not to the core where you have hatred, bitterness, and resentment where you would want to kill them or where you just all out hate them. But that bitterness and resentment is on top of that cake with that little icing. And God spoke to my heart. So help me, church. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Kevin, there's people that's hurt you. You don't hate them to the core. You're not out to kill them. You're not out to destroy their life. You're not out to make their life bad. You're not out for resentment that you're going to do something. If they hurt you, I'm coming back after you one way or another. No, you just lick the icing off of the cake. And that little icing makes you feel good in your emotions. That you can still carry around, Brother Dale, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of bitterness, and a little bit of unforgiveness in your heart. And I started examining my heart. And I'm thinking, God, if I go back to 1 John, you tell me if I carry around any unforgiveness, in any resentment, in any bitterness, that I've opened a door for fear to come in my life. And God, I hate fear. Fear is tormenting. It torments my mind. It torments your mind. And God said, Kevin, throw the whole cake away. Because the whole cake, the whole cake is bad. The icing's bad. The middle's bad. And the bottom's bad. Y'all understand, am I explaining? I'm not seem like I'm explaining it too good. But, but the icing's bad too. Quit licking the icing off of the top of the cake and licking on your tongue and carrying around, so to speak, a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of envy, a little bit of this stuff because all of it's doing is appeasing your emotions that you have it over on them. God said, get rid of it all. rid of it all, Kevin. None of it. I don't care what anybody has done to you. Get rid of it all. That's not easy. So, Pastor, how do we, how do we get rid of it? 
How do I get rid of these spirits that are trying to destroy me? Lord, I know that I've sinned. Lord, I release that person to you and I am releasing them into your hands. It may look like I am defeated. It may look like I'm going down. It may look like it's not going to work for me. But Lord, in the long run, I'm going to be blessed. Lord, you see it all. You know it all. Lord, you are just. So Lord, I forgive today. I release them into your hands today. Lord, I'm going to be blessed and you're going to touch me and you're going to use me because today I release every bit of it into your hands, Lord. There is no fear in love but love. But perfect love dries out fear. So how do I keep victory over the evil one? How do I shut him out? How do I keep him out at bay? Number one, I'm going to give you three quick things. I have to make a choice to forgive. I do not want fear in my life. I make the choice to get on my knees and be a hearer of the word and also a doer of the word. And I search my heart by faith and I ask the Lord to forgive me. My flesh cries out. Listen to this. This is our flesh. My flesh cries out when I get on my knees. My flesh cries out. They won again. They got over on me again. I lost again. I'm soft again. But my spirit cries out. Get on your knees and repent and ask the Lord to help you and forgive. And I, if you make the right choice, God will forgive you. God is just. He will take care of the other person. Let God take care of it. You get on your knees. You forgive. And God will take care of the rest. Number two, I have to discern where the battle is coming from when I see that the battle is fierce. I have to see where the battle is coming from. Flesh and blood is not my enemy. There is a spirit behind all the stuff that's coming against you. I have to realize that a person is not my enemy. Listen, church, a weapon is no good if you don't know where to aim it. Get your guns off of your husband, off of your wife, off of your kids, off of another church member, off of some family member. Get your guns off of someone else because that is not your enemy. The, that is not your enemy. That is not your enemy. The, in, the devil is sending demonic powers at times to come against you with fear but realize that other people are not your enemy get that resentment get that unforgiveness get that stuff out of your life well I'll carry it around for a little while you keep carrying it around and it's going to eat you up while they're sitting home eating fried chicken you know, they're having your good old man they're just loving life they're just loving life, and it's eating you to pieces. I don't know why I come out with fried chicken. You like fried chicken? i got to get my eyes. Listen, church. i got to get my eyes off of someone that's hurt me. And i got to get my eyes on Jesus. Come on. i got to get my eyes... On the blood. 
I got to get my eyes when the Bible says that He gives your angels charge over you to watch over and protect you and keep you. I got to get my I got to get my eyes on the angels. What God said that will watch over me. I got to get my eyes on the blood. I got to get my eyes on Jesus. I got to get my eyes on the cross. I got to get my eyes on what God said. The Holy Spirit is here to help me, to comfort me, to lead me, to guide me, and to get my eyes off of that other stuff. And once again, someone needs to hear this: If somebody is wronged, you are done. You wrong. God is just. The Bible. Me and Tina was talking about this the other day. The Bible says you will reap what you sow. So if the Bible is true and you'll reap what you sow, let God take care of it. Let God take care of it. Let God take care of it. Lastly, declare the Word of God. Get this stuff out of your life. Declare the Word of God. What are you seeing? What you are seeing may contradict what you're saying, but keep saying it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Here's the word of God. So when you you got fear coming against you, quote the word. For God has not given us. Say us. Put your name there. God has not given Kevin the spirit of fear. But he's given Kevin the power and the love, and he's given me a sound mind. For God has not given Kevin the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's say that. Put your name there. For God has not given Kevin the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The enemy might be trying to destroy me with fear, but I contradict it with the word of God, which has all power, which has all strength. For God has not given me the spirit of fear. I don't have to walk in fear. I don't have to walk in anxiety. I don't have to walk in this stuff. But God has given me not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And I got a sound mind. Let's give the Lord a hand. John chapter 16 and verse 33, and I'm almost done. I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace, not fear. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome your fear. I have overcome your doubt. I have overcome your worries. I have overcome your anxieties. Do not fear. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. Talked about this last week. Joshua is getting ready to take over a million people into the promised land. And there's this big transition shift out of the promise, out of the wilderness into the promised land, which was a big deal. And he's taken to be into the great promises as God's ha- what God has for them. And look what happens. The devil shows up. They're getting ready to go into something big God has for them. Do we believe God's going to bring a great move of God to this church? Do we believe God is going to bring a revival, Sister Sue, before the coming of the Lord? Well, why do we think hell is not going to show up? Why do we think the enemy is not going to show up during this transition point? The more he fights, the more we should shout. Come on. The more he fights, the more we should shout. Because I believe God is getting ready to bring us into something that we've never dreamed, we've never thought, we've never imagined in our life. And during that transition point, the enemy showed up with Joshua and the children of Israel. And look what God told him. Be strong, Joshua. Don't worry. Don't worry about that enemy. 
Joshua, quit worrying about the demonic powers that are coming against you. Joshua, you stand up strong in the face of fear. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Fear not, Joshua. Declare the word of God loud and clear. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you goeth. And whatever you doeth, in Jesus' name, declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. What is the devil saying about your children and your grandchildren? Well, you know, my grandchildren, they're not going to grow up and be men and women of God. They're going out, the way the world's going, they're in, they're in school and they're maybe hanging around with the wrong children. and I'm trying to do everything I can as a grandma, as a granddaddy, as a dad to keep them connected to the Word of God and to church. But, man, they're, they're doing crazy things out there. The devil says with fear they'll never come back to God. They're not going to come back to the Lord. Just, just They're going to die. Come on, come on. They're going to die and they're not going to make it to heaven. They're not going to be, you might have raised them up in church and you might have did all that stuff, but once they start getting with the other crowd, they're going to waver away and they're going to go. May I, may I let the devil know, the Bible says, if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've done everything with my hands that I can do, but uh, God can put his hands on it and change the whole thing that he's going to. So the Word of God tells me what I see might contradict what the Word of God says. I said, my child is blessed. My body is healed. My fear is gone. My anxiety is gone. My worry is gone. My health is coming back. My eating habits are getting better. <coughs> I didn't mean to put that one in there. I'll prosper and be in health. If God be for me, who can be against me? My joy is coming in the morning. Declare the word of God. What you are seeing may contradict what you're saying, but keep on quoting the living word of God, for the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many, how many feel better this morning? How many of you feel better that the fear and the anxiety and the worry, God has got it taken care of by the living Word of God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our head. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's all just let's raise our hands. We're going to... We're going to make a confession of faith today. Hallelujah. Confession of faith. A great confession of faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, my fear's gone. My worry's gone. My anxiety is gone. My unforgiveness is gone. Any bitterness is gone, Lord. You told me in 1 John, God, God, that it drives out fear in my life. 
Lord, I'm going to sleep well at night. Come on, I'm going to sleep well at night. I'm going to work during the day, and I'm going to be free of fear and worry and anxiety out of my life. For it's not of the Lord, it's of the enemy. And I'm going to do what God has planned and designed for me to do. Please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you this question, and we're going to pray this together, and we're going to close. If it's anything that you've been carrying around, just I'm talking about just little, as the Lord spoke to my heart. You just, just if you, Kevin, want to just carry that little bit around, that little bit is, is hindering and allowing some fear in your life. If you're here with please, every head bowed and every eye closed, you just raise your hand and say, uh, Pastor, I am dealing with someone or I'm dealing with a few people that I am carrying around a little resentment and maybe a little bitterness in my heart. Would you just raise your hand with every head bowed? Wow, my gracious, wow. Oh, wow, wow. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. That, that's worth everything I put into this sermon. You just being honest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Church, just give the Lord a hand. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Before we, before we, before we, we close, in, close in, our, in our prayer, and I want to pray over that. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Not just coming and having church and having worship. When you leave here, I want you to hear the word of God. I want it to go in you. And I want it to help change your life. To make you a better person for God. So you'll walk in peace and you'll walk in joy. And you'll walk in happiness as you go to work the next day. Or you're dealing with your family. Or, or whatever it may be in your life. You've got some joy. You've got some peace. And you've got this stuff as you go along in life. That's what the Word of God does. And you being honest before the Lord like that opens that door for Him to bring healing in your life. Thank you for being honest before the Lord. It could have been a brother. It could have been a sister. It could have been another church member. Come on. Sometimes we get a little cranky and say things we shouldn't say to each other. Amen. It could have been another church member. It could have been someone, a husband or wife. Well, let's let it go this morning, okay? Let's bow our heads and we're going to close in prayer. Pray the way you feel like the Lord wants you to pray, Father. We just asked you this morning. We thank you for this service this morning. God, I ask you to, uh, to look deep down into my heart, into, into our heart. And we bring all of that bitterness and any resentment and, and any unforgiveness this morning. We lay it on the table. God, we can't do it on our own because our flesh wants us to carry it. But God, today, by the word of God, being obedient to you, you saying that you don't forgive unless we forgive. It's a commandment in the word of God. So today, we ask you to forgive us of any bitterness and resentment at all in our life. And we're going to walk out of here and lay all of it down. And we're going to be free. And we're going to walk in the peace and joy and, and anxiety and fear and worry. We push it out of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, um, as you all know, we are uh, having a celebration for Pastor Kevin and Tina. Uh, Pastor Kevin, I would like for you and Tina to go take a seat right there. If you will have a seat as well, 
Um, we have a presentation for you all. Josh, if you can move this, you all can go down as well. Mom, can you come up front as well and sit with Kevin and Tina, please? Um, um, just to let you know, um, can, can you all see well? Okay? Okay. Uh, Tammy, Tina's sister, uh, somehow had to be over it at their house for some reason, and they were gone. So Tammy got into their pictures and have put together a, um, a video presentation for them of their 35 years. I have not seen it, so I don't know what's in it, but I hear it can be a tearjerker, but there's a celebration at the end. So uh, Bethany, grab a tissue for your Uncle Kevin. <laughs> Uh, after the video, if you will stay seated, because I do have one more announcement to make, okay?
just as sure as seasons were made for change our lifetimes were made for these years so Crying 